If you are listening to this podcast, it means you're searching, searching for someone who understands you, someone who gets you. You are yearning to be understood and to belong. Welcome to the Someone Gets Me podcast, where we help smart, talented, and sensitive people navigate an often insensitive world. I am Diane Allen, your host. My roles as ambassador, author, speaker, and intuitive mentor for bright and talented people are woven into each episode. I have the experience and knowledge to educate and inspire as I have been there and I understand your unique intensities, sensitivities, and challenges. Welcome. Actionable Strategies for Dealing with Transition. Hi, friends. Here at Someone Gets Me, we're going to talk today about transitions, the process of transitions, what they're good for, how we can use them in our favor, and of course, some specific actions for you. Welcome to the show today. And remember to let me know how, what you think of the show, share it with your friends. And if you have any questions or content you'd like me to share with you, please be sure to email me through the show notes. And I'm happy to accommodate you in the best way I can. So first, let's talk about the process of transition. In my world, there's kind of like three big areas, big parts of transition. And the first part is separation. And separation can apply even if it's a great transition. Like I had some friends who got married and they struggled after they got back from their honeymoon for a bit. And part of the transition was separation from the single life. Like they wanted to be married. They were excited about it. But what they didn't understand was going to happen was some of the unresolved grief and some of the emotions and feelings around changing life from being single to being married, even though that transition to married was desirable for both of them. And of course, separation from their single life yields experience and emotion. It could also be Um, a separation from a loved one or from a job or from a relationship of any kind or separation from an item. It can happen in any situation. And it's not about just transition from something wonderful to something not so wonderful. It happens equally. These processes happen equally when we choose something greater. Like in my life, I have been doing an immense amount of personal development work since, I I don't know, since the 80s, long time. And there's always a separation that starts the next big growth. And it's my choice to keep growing along these lines. And sometimes it still doesn't feel really good because it's um, a releasing, if you will, and sometimes it feels like tearing away um, the old. So there's a separation that always starts some kind of transition, like You're taking your child to school and they're separated from home, separated from car, separated from parent, and then now they're at school. So you see how there's all these different elements. The second big area of a a transition process for me is the actual movement of the transition. You know, in my friends who got married, it's the actual planning the wedding, going down the aisle, saying I do, the whole ceremony the reception, the honeymoon, all of that, that's part of the transition process from one, two single people to a married couple that are still have their own identity. Lots of transition within that. Same thing with your child going to school or you going to school or work. 
there's the separation from home, but the transition processes itself might be the drive into the office or might be coming into, if you work from home, coming into that, that place and that, that mindset of whatever you're doing, there is movement from one state to the other. Now in gifted people and a lot of very sensitive people, when the transition is from a desirable state to a non-desirable state, there's a lot of resistance a lot of times. So the kids act up, teenagers act up, adults act up. If I have to do something I don't want to do, and I'm already doing something I want to do, getting pulling myself away from what I want to do in order to do this thing I don't want to do can make for a difficult transition. So sometimes we get locked into these situations and it especially can get hard for gifted kids and, and gifted adolescents and, and gifted adults too, as we learn how to handle our overexcitabilities. So there's that process. So first we're separated, then there's a process of how we get there to whatever the new thing is. And then the third step is the incorporation process. Um, sometimes I call it integration where we take whatever's happened and we've, we're using it in our favor now. Like some of my friends who got married both called me and they were struggling and we talked about grieving the single life. How are you going to handle what you're doing moving forward? How are you going to come together as a couple? And where's your own individual identity? And then the identity within the marriage. And they've, they've worked on it and handled it since then. Once they could see what was happening, because they couldn't understand why they were so happy when they got married and so so badly wanted to get married. They were so happy and how it just felt really awkward when they got back. But once they had an understanding and they could see the process, they were able to kind of make friends with the process and move forward. The same thing happens when we're, we're trying to integrate lessons that we learn. Like in, in my life, I've had so many dark nights of the soul and so many situations happen where I actually experience a separation from my old identity. And then there's a movement through, could be called the dark night of the soul or whatever, into a new expression or iteration of my being. And then I have to incorporate and allow that part of me to be assimilated. So what happens is, you know, somebody said something to me not long ago about, you said whatever I was talking about way back 20 years ago. And I said, yeah, but that was Diane 1.0 and we're on Diane 23.3. Because as we all grow and change and shift and evolve and move, the iteration, the ability we have to incorporate whatever it is that we've been transitioning through and moving through into our reality changes us. It changes our cells, our mindset, our beliefs, and it even changes all the way down to our DNA. So this transition process is much bigger than a temper tantrum and not wanting to go to school. Or, you know, being really excited about something great and then wondering why there's issues around it. That's another podcast on that grieving process and how we can then incorporate and allow the new to become part of us. So that being said, when we realize there's those three major pieces and they kind of flow together, sometimes they're distinct and sometimes they are kind of blended where we start to see that we can experience transition in a daily basis, moment by moment, or in big picture things. Like when I moved to North Carolina from Florida, that was a big transition. It's still, I'm still incorporating things. I recently just got a cute little puppy. And so I went from my beautiful dog that 
passed away a few months ago and that grief and that transition from having her to not having her and then and then deciding I was when I was going to get another dog and it all happened there's all these things there's all transitions within all of it and they're wonderful and they're painful and they're joyful it's all of those emotions so I want to share some strategies to help you successfully move through transition and the first one is to release the um, egoic way to try to judge how you're feeling or what you're doing. When you judge your feeling like, oh, I'm crying, so that must be wrong. Well, actually crying releases a lot of the old stuff and is a regulation of your nervous system. It also releases oxytocin, which is that love chemical, right? So if you're one of those intense emotional people and you cry when you're stressed or you cry when it's hard, your, your body is neurologically actually attempting to be re-regulated. It's not a bad thing. Um, so the first thing is to honor that, honor your process and be okay with it. Like no matter what it is, you're not wrong. You know, and so I've had to go through a lot of situations in my life where I was vulnerable with what was really going on with me and I've lost friends over it because they couldn't handle it. And it hurt for a while and it didn't feel really great. But what I also realized is that just because they couldn't, handle it and took off or did whatever they did. That's not the point of the show. Um, they they have their own journey and so do I and, and everybody's okay. There's no judgment or or finger pointing. Um, the second part in transition or the second thing I want to talk about a little bit is taking your time. That we're taught, you know, like if somebody dies in your family or close to you, a friend, we're taught, well, you grieve for three days, take a three days off from work because that's what you get paid for. And then you should be done. And when all the, the the family leaves town or whatever, and you're left alone now in your own world with that loss, the world expects that you're done grieving. Well, actually, grief takes a whole cycle of seasons, which is a full year at least. And then there's anniversary times. And so we all do life and we all do transition differently. Some people people can move through transition just like snapping my fingers. Other people take a little bit more time. You know, I, I with some of the people I work with, I say, okay, we have this much time. We have this much time to give them a countdown. Other people are like, let's just go with it. So we all have our own way. So the smart thing to do is, first of all, honor your, your way of doing transitions. And then when you have people around you that you care about, whether there's colleagues or clients or friends or family, learn their way. Some people like a warning. Some people don't care about warnings. Some people need a countdown and a warning. And none of it is wrong. It's just different ways of handling a transition. Now, that's especially important if it's a transition from something we love doing to something we don't want to do. I see it so much, especially um, like in playgrounds where the kids are off playing and the parents go, okay, let's go to the car with no warning. And the kids throw a temper tantrum. And I'm like, well, because they didn't know they were having to leave. Some kids will just go grab their stuff and go. Other kids will have struggle with that transition. So the kids that struggle, their parents would be wise to give a countdown, give a little bit of warning, a little bit of prep, and not only letting them know, well, we're leaving, but what are we doing next? Like, what's the next step? Oh, we're going to go in the car. We're going to leave here, the playground, and we're going to go out to lunch, or we're going to go get ice cream, or we're going to go home and swim in the pool, whatever we're going to do. So that that little being has a way to assimilate and understand what's happening. 
because a lot of times we struggle with transition because we don't know what's happening. We don't feel grounded or safe in our reality. And that's what makes us have a hard time. So if we know what's happening or we have an idea anyway, we'll do a lot better. So adults can do that for children. And sometimes we have to do it for ourselves. Um, and as I've healed most of my trauma and still, we're all still always healing trauma. But in the very beginning, I had to remind myself that now I do know what I'm doing. I am good at what I do. Hold on a second here. You know, like hold on. Some of those old messages that were given to me when I was young don't apply anymore, but they're going to try to resurrect every once in a while. So we learn how to shut them down. Take your time. The next thing I want to talk about is recognize that being uncomfortable in the movement through different experiences of life is totally okay. Um, life is predictably unpredictable. And sometimes we're uncomfortable and it's okay. So when we are uncomfortable, we want to have some strategy around that. Learn about it. How come I'm uncomfortable? What created it? What's going on? Am I holding on to it like an, an identifier of this is who I am? I see a lot of trauma survivors do that, like, oh, I'm a survivor. Well, you're still, you're still holding on to the trauma by saying that. So we move through the I'm a victim to I'm a survivor to I'm free of the story. The story becomes part of my history. We don't change history. It becomes a part where I can be um, empowered and vulnerable versus being a victim and vulnerable. So it's very important to let ourselves be uncomfortable and still keep walking forward. And we want to resist taking action just for the sake of acting. Like I've, I'm guilty of this sometimes where when things are really difficult um, or my emotions are really high or I'm really challenged or I have a lot coming at me between my personal life and my business and my spiritual world and all these things. Sometimes there's a part of me that wants to just do frenetic action all over the place. Just do stuff. If you're just doing something, then it should ease it. Well, it doesn't really. It, it gives us something to do, but it doesn't really help the flow. What helps the flow more is to say, this is what's happening. This is how I'm feeling. That self-honesty and that awareness. And then asking myself, what's the next right thing to do? And then do the next right thing instead of a bunch of random things. And we'll see that even though we might be uncomfortable while we're doing it, even though it might be scary or we might be crying or we might be whatever, if we're doing the next right thing, we are assured of an outcome that will be beautiful when we look back on it later. So just being frenetic and acting for the sake of acting doesn't work. Like my friends who got married, that's what that's what the, the husband was doing is he was just acting for the sake of acting and getting because he didn't want his now new wife to be upset and want a divorce already. And they just got married and, he, and, and then the family would be talking about him and he was kind of frenetic and which was agitating her, too. Right. And so it's more about focused action. That's where we get our powerful results. Um, so then. Another part here is to take care of ourselves in little ways. Um, when usually if I'm having a tricky day, because I have emotional overexcitability. So when things are, are going on for me, sometimes my emotions can get real intense. And so I use aromatherapy. Right now as I'm doing this podcast, my diffuser is um, sending sacred frankincense into the room and it smells lovely. So I use things to bring more comfort and more focus into my life that you that the, an outside person may or may not know and may or may not connect with yet it has meaning for me so what has meaning for you 
What are some things that you can do to take care of yourself in little ways? Like light a candle or doodle or make post-it note frames of something that's beautiful, um, have flowers. All those kinds of things help us take care of ourselves in little ways. And it's those little ways that matter. Now, we'd also, when we're making these changes and we're taking care of ourselves in little ways, we want to remind ourselves, especially with the being uncomfortable part and all of that, to not try to force change, um, to stay in the process. That's hard because gifted people, you know, we would love to do, we love to run in our head and figure it all out, which is, which is only making it worse. So you can't figure it all out and running into your head to deal with what's going on emotionally and spiritually does not work. Now you can use your head to help manage things, but running up there and just intellectualizing everything doesn't work. So we can't force things. You know, I've, I've had some really, really big spiritual and emotional challenges in my life. Um, some part of my calling, some part of my history, some stuff I brought on myself, all different things. We all have. And I've noticed that when I decide I'm going to make a change or I see the solution or I'm yearning for a solution or something, I um, will want sometimes want to try to force it. So over the years, I've trained myself to be okay with sitting and being uncomfortable be okay with sitting and feeling kind of flat where there really is no feeling, be okay with um, not necessarily trying to force action or trying to initiate things before their time and allow the universe to unfold as it should because everything is always expanding. And so even when we feel like we're sitting dead in the water, so to speak, there's still movement. Um, ask any sailor who's been becalmed. We can say, yeah, we weren't moving. Or maybe we were moving backwards with the tide and there was no air in the sails. Sooner or later, there's air in the sails. And we might think we're not moving, but there is still movement happening underneath the surface a lot. So trying to force things to happen only creates angst and anxiety and can really make your life a lot harder. And the goal of this podcast and the goal of why I'm sharing you all these, with all these things with you is so that your life is not made harder. It is made more um, effective and has more ease and grace to it. Um, the last thing I want to talk about as far as this transition is to be willing to explore the other side of it. Be willing to look for the benefits. Be willing to look for what's good. So I ask myself all the time, even when I'm in the middle of what looks like a meltdown on the outside, I'm always looking for what's the lesson, you know, what good, capital G, good, is coming out of this? Where is there a benefit for me, even if it doesn't feel like it or look like it in the moment? And I can tell you that some of the most difficult and challenging times that I wasn't even sure I was going to live through, when I look back on them now, years later, and I see the gift I got in it all and how I grew and how that next iteration of me was massively more aware and um, aligned. So I'm always looking for what's good. What's the benefit? Where's the payoff? Something is always happening that is helping us move forward. Because see, I believe that when we um, yearn for something or pray for something or think about something, that the universe knows it, you know, that's because we're all connected. We're connected to the greater energy of the universe. So therefore, it hears us in, the, in that energetic way. So it starts to align. I, I was watching a show that and Barbara Streisand was speaking and teaching some um, 
budding actors. And I really respect her. And she made it, she said a quote um, and she was quoting someone else. And I don't know who that other person was, but she said something like this. She said, at the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist you. And I love that she used the word conspires because we always think that when something's conspiring, it's, it's negative, right? It's harmful. Well, what she was trying to say is when you make the commitment to be a professional singer, a professional musician, when you make the commitment to personal growth, when you make the commitment to break all the family um, intergenerational pain and trauma, when you make the commitment to free yourself of the old heavy things that don't work, when you make those commitments, the universe, the entire universe comes together to assist you. And I love the word conspires. So I kind of imagine all of us like little beacons, right? Saying, this is what I desire. This is what I want to see happen, whether I'm trying to heal something or create something, whatever. And the universe, the moment we put it out there, whether it's just in our mind or with our words or in our writing, the universe automatically starts coming together to assist us in our mission. So the only person, the only way we have a way to undo that is our own free will. So you can say, you know, I, I'm looking for this kind of thing or I want this thing to happen and you can really be going after it. But some people don't want to do the hard part and they don't want to make the change. And, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So if we really want to keep growing and expanding with the universe, there are going to be uncomfortable days. There are going to be challenges and difficulties. We are going to need people to talk to and that we can be connected with. Multiple peer groups, vital, important things. So for, for an example, in my own life, I have lots of different peer groups. I have some people I can talk to about the spiritual aspects of growth that I'm doing or that I see in the world. I have other friends that I can talk to about the more physical things what's tangible. I have other friends that can talk about more of the emotional things. And depending on what's happening, what the transition is, or what my need is, I want to pick the proper person so I feel heard. So it's it's just like sailing. Like I, I love to sail and I race boats and stuff. And so when um, I want to talk about that, I have friends of mine that really care about me who, who've either never been on the water or it's been very rare. So I can talk to them about sailing and they will hear me and they will understand and they'll try to be in the conversation, but they, it won't really fully connect because they don't even really know what it is. They know the intellectual idea, but they don't have the same connection. It's much more fulfilling for me to speak to another sailor about sailing and then we both are enriched and it gets rid of the frustration of the other friend who doesn't know anything about sailing. Same thing with quilting, same thing with my puppy, right? I have some friends of mine of cats and they're like, well, I'm a cat person. I don't know about this dog thing. And so we don't, I don't talk to them about how I'm training my puppy. I tell them how cute she is and things like that. And it doesn't relate and translate in the other things. And these are all transitions. These are all conversations. It's all of it's a transition. So if you think about it, everything you do has a choice point. Every choice has a transition within it. So it's a much more fluid process than a lot of people think. They see transitions as, as events. Well, they are events, but it's also like what I would call micro events. 
So it's yes and to all of it. And so in closing, there's there's a lot more about transitions, but in closing, what I want to remind you of is that you are perfectly capable and you have everything you need to have the most glorious life that you possibly can have. And any time that we are out of alignment like that or we struggle, it is because we lost a sight of who we are on some level, or maybe we never knew and we're still looking, or maybe we're telling ourselves a story about what's happening that may or may not be true. You know, I know that I know a lot of gifted people where we scare ourselves to death. Oh, this bad thing's going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm very intuitive. So sometimes I can know when something's coming down the pike that's not so fun. But And we want to learn over time not to scare ourselves to death with it, right? It's, it's a process. And, and like I tell my clients and I tell myself, and I'm telling you right now, there are some days on your journey that you're going to look back and go, man, well done, nailed it, great day. Woke up really good, stayed on task, did what I, I said I would do. And you go to bed, put it in your head on the pillow with a big old smile on your face. Then there will be other days where at the end of the day, you'll go, Whew, thankfully I made it through. You know, I tell a lot of people, I work with a lot of people in recovery and um, they might have a hard day. And I'll say, well, if you didn't pick up and you didn't use and you didn't harm yourself today, it's a good day. All the rest of it falls into place as we just keep going. So sometimes it takes a lot of that little bit of compassion or a lot of compassion and a lot of self-love. So as we look for the benefits and we learn how to have compassion and love for ourselves, all transitions can give us great meaning. Even losing jobs, even losing friends, even things that look like they're the end of the world devastating. Often on the other side of those, when we're open and when we are willing to grow through it rather than become the victim, when we are willing, always something great happens. I've had to learn how not to be the victim in it in my life, and we all have to learn how. How to transcend what we were taught, because what we were taught is most likely not as accurate as people would want us to think it is. So it takes a lot of time to grow and learn and change. So I encourage you to make sure you have somebody in your corner, somebody to listen to you who will understand you. Like this podcast, someone gets me, right? I encourage you to have multiple peer groups where you have more than one group of different people that can meet your needs. I encourage you to ask for help and reach out. I encourage you to still love the people who don't know how to help you or distance themselves when you really need it. Somebody will always step up. And I encourage you above all to love yourself. To love yourself. One of my very wise mentors taught me years and years ago to say, I love you, Diane. I love you, Diane. I love you, Diane. Like love, like really I love myself. And like when I'm washing in a shower or putting lotion on and I'm touching my skin, my consciousness is in loving on myself, loving myself, not in an egotistical way, in a spiritual kind way. So all of these things help us through the, the movement of transition from separation through the movement into the new and then incorporating and, uh, and integrating whatever is happening. So I hope these strategies have served you well, as always. Feel free to email me any questions or comments or any other topic you'd like me to speak about. And 
Make sure that you remember to put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You are here on purpose with a purpose. So allow your light to shine. That's what eradicates the darkness. And until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Are you tired of searching for someone to understand you? Join our Facebook group, Someone Gets Me. In this group, you will be able to connect with others who are intense, sensitive, smart, and talented. I share my insights and teachings, and you can connect with others in a real, authentic, safe forum. So join us today. Someone Gets Me.